You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a very, very complex defense to, to, to go against, and it's going to make us better because uh, when you have that many playmakers that can move around and have that good of a scheme, um, it's going it's to challenge us every single day, which will make us better in the long run. I came in the league originally a DN. I was just, unfortunately, we had guys that um, excelled at that level when I came in as Justin Houston and D4. So, you know, um, I waited my time, and uh, thank God it finally happened for me. You know, Chris going to the end position, it just opens up the game much more. You know, it makes it harder. You know, now they got to pick a size, you know, whether we're going to slide right or we're going to slide left. You know, we just know now, it's, you know, it's a higher chance that we're going to be able to give them, you know, better looks and stuff like that from the offense. And episode four, BK's in the building, show is in the building. And uh, whatever he's doing, Steve Serta is in the building as well. Um, BK... Uh, here we go for us on the Chiefs. We do it every uh, every week. It drops every Friday, nine o'clock. You better be listening and uh, and jumping into this. But we got to get into this. Chris Chris Jones, uh, BK, you have been excited as hell about this. Him potentially, we've talked about it. Just sometimes going out and playing on the outside, playing defensive end. Now, according to Chris Jones, as we hear, hey, this may be more of a permanent thing. This may be a deal where Chris Jones is out here strictly as a DN. And I love the thought of moving Chris Jones around. I have some concerns if he's strictly going to be a defensive end. If they come in and they go, all right, uh, Reed and uh, and Naughty, you're on the inside and we'll have a rotation there. But Frank Clark, nice to, nice of you to join us, Frank Clark. And uh, Chris Jones, you're going to be the end. See, my issue with Chris Jones strictly playing in, I get concerned if you lose some of his greatness and what makes him great, and that is him being able to rush the passer from the inside and use his speed and athleticism from the inside. When you translate that to the outside, I wonder, is he as productive as an end as he is on the inside, and do you lessen his impact because he's rushing from the outside all the time. That is that is a bit of the concern. I'm not saying he can't do it because I think Chris Jones is a great player, but there is a bit of concern to me is, hey, is he a great player because his skill set from rushing from the interior is so unique that if you move him to the outside where it's easier to get to him and help with him and he's coming from a further distance, does that – now change him and not make him great and make him just okay that's yeah, my I th- concern I think it's a fair concern I think it's a valid one and I think the question that I would love to hear the honest answer from the Chiefs and we're just never going to get it is is this a move out of necessity or because you wanted to move him to defensive end if it's a move out of necessity 
there's potential that what you're saying is absolutely true. And you That's get a great point. 70% out of Chris Jones this year instead of the full 100% of his capacity, which is what you'd get if he was playing defensive tackle. If it's a move because they wanted to see what it looks like with Chris Jones at defensive end because they just believe that he's capable of doing it and think it's a more valuable position, which makes some sense. He fits the criteria for a defensive end in Spag's system a lot more than he fits what Spags typically likes at D-tackle. If that's why they're doing this, okay, then I, I have no qualms with it whatsoever, and I trust what Spags wants to do here. We'll never get that answer, Ron. And so that's that's where I think it's a little bit of both. I think they did want to see what Chris Jones wants, what he can do outside. I'm not believing what we're hearing about this being a full-time move, though. I'm really not. Because you even look back to what Spags did with guys like Jason Pierre-Paul or OCU Monero with the Giants – those guys were bumping inside and they're true defensive ends. So what I would expect we're going to see out of Chris Jones is more of what we talked about last week. They're going to hunt the matchups. If there's a situation where they feel like the right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals in week 12, whatever, whoever the matchup is at any given time, that's where the weak spot is. They might line up Chris Jones over him the next week. Maybe it's the Oakland Raiders left guard. That's the problem. Okay. We're going to go ahead and put, Chris Jones over him they're going to find what that matchup is especially in true pass rushing situations and they're going to exploit it that's what I expect they're going to do with him see that's my yeah the necessity thing is a really good point because I'm thinking of it when he had that with the Giants he called it the NASCAR package where he would you know have stray hand especially when he was there he have stray hand and, and Pierre Paul maybe they weren't there together but Strahan and Tuck and uh, and OC and Matthias Kiwanuka, he would rotate those guys, but those were all good pass rushers. When I think about necessity, I'm thinking about the Chiefs. Like, who's the other guy that you feel really good about as a pass rusher? Maybe Jaron Reed. Jaron Reed has had 10-plus sacks in this league before. And Frank, you feel good about. But it, it, it almost does feel like, hey, man, it's either Taco Charlton on the outside or – maybe we just feel better trying Chris out there. And that, and that is the deal because I wonder, do you get to a point where Chris Jones doesn't necessarily have to be double teamed if he's rushing from the outside, if he's on the inside, you got to absolutely know where he is all the time. And, and you really have to use him or you have to double-team him, and you got to try to make sure that he doesn't beat you because if he's lined up on the inside and you leave him on a guard or a center, you got to beat him. Or, you you know, he can beat you and ruin your game. I could even see this in a way hurting Frank Clark. Because, Interesting. Because if, if, he, if they're lined up together, and maybe they could still do that, but if they're lined up from the inside, and especially when you put them on the same side, come from the – like that is – that is – that is a real issue, and a lot of the the attention goes to 95 out, as opposed to going to Frank Clark. If he's lined up on the outside and you got them both on the outside far apart, you know exactly what you can do. Um, that, to me, in a way, hurts Frank unless Frank Clark starts being the dude that was in Seattle. I think Frank really benefits from the attention that Chris Jones gets, and that could lessen if he's just strictly on the outside. I think what you're doing there, though, is what a lot of Chiefs fans have been doing. I think we're underrating the Jaron Reed edition, man. 
Jaron Reed's a be. really good football player, and he's a guy that's going to help in those situations. I also think what we're doing is we're not giving enough credit to what Tershawn Wharton was last year. Listen, he's a flawed player. He is not a superstar. He's not going to be that, and that's totally fine. They hit on a lottery ticket, and if that means that he's a situational pass rusher moving forward, that's a valuable commodity to have, and I think that's what's he, what he's going to be this year. So in third-down situations, if you've got – Chris Jones on one side, Frank Clark on the other, and then in between them, you've got Jaron Reed and Tershawn Wharton. That's a pretty darn good defensive line that can give some hell to offensive lines, even if it means Chris Jones lining up outside, because what you're going to get with that is you're going to get a lot of stunts and games up front. You're going to see guys like Tershawn Wharton and Chris Jones bouncing inside versus outside. There's going to be a lot of things that Steve Spagnuolo is able to take advantage of with those two guys next to one another, and it'll be different. It's not going to be the same thing. You don't have the same bendy pass rusher that you would like to have on the outside in those spots, but that's never really been the guy that Steve Spagnuolo's had on the edge. If you look back at his history, it's mostly dudes that are – 265 plus pounds lining up on the outside and winning with bull rushes more than they're just bending the edge. Let me ask you to this. Do you think, do you think Aaron Donald, if he was strictly a defensive end and he's the best, I think I've ever seen. uh, Do you think if he was strictly a defensive end that he's as productive as he has been in his career? No. Yeah, I do. You think he's as productive as a defensive end? I Yeah, because I think he's the most just insanely athletically gifted uh, interior defensive lineman that I've ever seen. And I think that would translate on the inside or the outside the way that it kind of translated with J.J. Watt in his prime. Uh, uh, Ron, you've seen J.J. Watt a lot because you're down in Houston. Um, he, he's the guy situationally, the way that I think they're going to use Chris Jones that I would bring up as the position. That, that, that one makes sense. I, I still think though, I know Aaron Donald is, like I said, the best I've seen, but his speed really, and, 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 and his quickness more importantly, really plays where he is. That changes if he's further away. And, and there's something to this with me. I, I don't know where you all stand. Tyron Matthew might be right there. For me, when Chris Jones is right, he's the best player on this defense just because of, of his ability to rush a passer and change games. Um, there's something about the fact that, hey, man, that guy is potentially your best defensive player, and he's your best defensive player at that position, and he's shown to be dominant at times when he's right at that position. Why are we going to take the chance to not have that same dominance at that position? And there's something to the point of of changing things up, but somebody who you know at an already important spot can do damage at that spot and potentially move him to a space where you're not sure game in and game out he can he can make hay that way. And that's why now as we're talking this out, BK, I, I tend to agree with you. He he can't just be strictly a defensive end. He can't. They got to take advantage of him um, and what he's great at. And what we know he's great at is he can get to the quarterback like that and one move and he's there. I don't know if that one move gets him home like it did before. 
So here's what I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of like, if you're somebody that's going out to training camp this, this fall, I don't know how much you're going to watch Chris Jones lining up inside. I bet you the vast majority of his reps, maybe 90 plus percent of his reps are going to come on the outside. And so everybody's going to be talking. We're going to do this show in early August, Ron. And we're going to say, man, maybe he is just moving outside. Maybe this is just a permanent move. And I'm going to stay firm on this because I think what's happening is he knows exactly how to play defensive tackle in Steve Spagnuolo's defense. He knows what all of the assignments are. He knows what's required of him on any given play. He doesn't know those things at defensive end. He spent like a week and a half over the course of the last two years playing defensive end for Steve Spagnuolo. Learn the reps. Learn what it takes. Learn what the reads are whenever you're out at defensive end. See it in live reps in training camp. Find out what this looks like. And then when you get into the season, you get into the individual games, spend first and second down outside. And then on third and seven, kick him inside. You'll have some options on the outside. You'll see some of Chris Jones on the edge, I would imagine, even in pass rushing situations. But even the best guy, Frank Clark, plays typically about 60% of the snaps. All of those are going to come for him on the outside for the most part, unless it's a stunt or game or whatever up front. Chris Jones is going to play probably 65-ish percent of the snaps up front as well. I bet you 70% of those come on the outside next year, 30% of them are on the inside. So you're still getting those high leverage, important snaps. And you mentioned a word that I think is important for him, Ron. It's dominance. Chris Jones has moments where he just completely takes over a game. And I think you're still going to see those, and most of them are probably going to come from him at defensive tackle. I don't think this is a staff that's just going to completely avoid that moving forward. Yeah, that feels Bob Sutton-like. Let's just keep his ass and, and not make adjustments. And and when I say that I I think Aaron Donald would be successful outside, I'm not saying that I think Chris Jones is going to be completely successful outside. I don't think Chris Jones is athletic as Aaron Donald is. And Chris Jones is a a freak of an athlete. Like Aaron Donald's just unlike anything that we've ever seen in football. I, I, I tend to think that you know, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's bringing it up. It's an interesting storyline. I could easily see it being like closer to like a 50-50 split where they're just kind of moving Chris Jones all around the line instead of just having him outside or just having him strictly on the interior. It's interesting, but I'm just saying, I mean, you got a dude that said that has shown, I can get 15 sacks from the inside. I can dominate the Super Bowl and change the game in the third and fourth quarter, the fourth quarter, from the inside when it really counts. I just don't want you to mess with that. Like, I don't, like that is dominance from what there. If you get, what if you get better performance from the player because he's wanted to do it? Because I think that's part of this. I think part of this is placating Chris Jones yeah. because he wants to play outside. He literally said at his press conference Thank the other God. day, Ron, Thank God I'm getting back to the outside. If he wants to be out there and it means this is like a this is the carrot that you're dangling out in front of him to bring his best effort this year. And I'm not saying he didn't get it last year, but that you know, eighty five million dollars he got wasn't enough of a carrot. <laughs> well, whatever it is, right, that that was out there and he had a great season as a result of it last year. I didn't think he was quite as good. I didn't think you got 100% capacity out of Chris Jones. It was a weird year, though. There's a million different things that could have gone into that. I think you're going to get the best version of Chris Jones, at least in part because of what you're seeing right now with them allowing him to try out his opportunities at defensive end. And that's the thing. There may be a little bit of carrot, but I, I think what you said earlier is a, is a big part of this too is 
is they may be in a spot where he is actually the best fit to be the defensive end just because of what they have on the roster right now. And listen, we talked about that carrot, that 85 he got. Listen, Patrick Mahomes kind of changed his contract around to say, hey, we got to have Chris Jones on this team and I'm willing to to change my things, my my contract around to be able to to make things work so we can keep this group together. Chris Jones is one that Patrick Mahomes, I believe, in his contract and the way he structured it, kept him here. It looks like Pat is trying to work on another person on this defense, and I think the other leader, and, and maybe you could even argue flat out the emotional and vocal leader uh, of this team, and that is Tyron Matthew. And Patrick Mahomes came out, it stamped it. He basically said, hey, Brett, uh, you need to go ahead and do what you need to do, baby, because I want Tyron Matthew on this team. I need 32 on this team. And Brett, so to me, Brett and Andy need to go ahead and get that done. You talked about it last week. They need to keep making him happy. He came out and said it publicly. I want Tyron Matthew on this team, which means – Tyron Matthew is going to be on this team. But is that actually the right thing to do to sign Tyron Matthew long-term? Tyron Matthew is 29. He is entering that at that funny age as a defensive back where you can see a drop-off sometimes come. Like I don't know what in the hell happened to Patrick Peterson, but he just dropped the hell off once he hit a certain time and that, and and you're approaching that with Tyra Matthew. So there is a concern if that is actually the right move. I know Pat wants him right now, but long-term you're talking about another three to five years. Is that actually the right move for Tyra Matthew with his age and what he brings to the table and BK normally I would say, no, no, he's a safety, his age, you're you're you you're now paying for what he's done, and you're about to start getting into this Alex Gordon type of area where you're paying him, and he's not ascending. But he's a special he's a special intangible type of dude, and he brings something else to the table that if you take that apart from this team, you got a problem. He brings this leadership, the attitude everything that you want this team to be about. Like, I, I think I've, I've almost channeled him as James Shields when James Shields came over for the Royals and they were just, they just kind of had this, this, this error about him. And then he came in and kind of changed the way everybody operates and think Tyron Matthew, to me, I felt did that for the chiefs. And I think that's worth paying for for the next couple years, even though that goes against what I would normally think. But I think his intangibles make up for what his age and what possibly may be his drop off. You know how there's certain like basketball, I think, is the best way to to look at this. There's certain guys that you're, you can see them when they're like 26 years old and, you know, man, that game, that guy's game is going to age poorly. Like Russell Westbrook for oh, me, God. when I was watching him when he was like 26, 27 years old, you're like, Man, when he gets to 32, this could drop off a cliff quickly. Yes. And it's the opposite for other guys, like Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum's going to be a really good player in the league for the next 15 years because of the way that he plays. Steph. Steph exactly. Really yeah. good shooters, guys that just they, – they, they play the game a certain way. You know it's going to age well. Ray Allen was that way. 
I think Tyron Matthew is the latter. I think he's going to age really well. And the reason why I think that is because he plays the game. He used to be the guy that was almost entirely reliant on his athleticism. Now he's all about his mind, man. You see him pointing to his head after the big plays that he makes, and it's because he's smarter than a lot of the dudes that he's going up against. And a lot of his a lot of his value for the Chiefs is in his versatility. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can play deep. He can go up into the box. He can do a little bit of everything for you. And that ability to do a little bit of everything is going to keep him valuable long term. He's made the comp to Charles Woodson. It's a good one. That's the kind of thing that he was able to do even late into his career. And he played until he was 39 years old. I don't think Matthew's going to play that long, but I think you can get a few good, good years out of him left. The other guy that the Chiefs themselves compared him to whenever they first signed him was Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins played late into his career as well. He played until he was 38 years old as a starting safety for the Denver Broncos. So I think this is a guy that they absolutely need to lock up long term. I kind of waffled on this over the last year or so. I think he's somebody you have to bring back. It, it makes sense for the Chiefs. He's one of their unquestioned leaders, and his value on the back end is just too much to let him walk. Yeah, this is normally one I would not be about. All right, he's about to be 30. All right, let's let's but he all of that that you said, he just brings something that is needed for this team. Uh, and 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 I would have concern that, you know, man, this defense now ran by Frank Clark and and Chris Jones. And I you know, I, I you know, I'm a fan of their work on the field and Chris Jones is my favorite player on the Chiefs. But they're they're inconsistent when it comes to just being there. Like, you know, not, not, you know, on the field, but being there as what you need every day, that consistent leader that they're inconsistent with it. He is not, and he is something that you need. And and I think what you talked about, the, the type of way he would age, he is to me as always reminded me, and I can't believe it is episode four for the first time I've said this person's name. Um, many people, this name is synonymous with me in Kansas City. Is he remind? He's always thought he's played the game like Marcus Peters in terms of he just has instincts out of this world, and he watches film out of this world the way that guys like Marcus Peters did, and just makes plays due to his instincts and his film work, and he ends up right there to make plays. Um, now you don't want to have him the way that he was being screwed over in the Super Bowl where he's somehow finding himself in single coverage with guys like Mike Evans and Antonio Brown with no help. But just over time, his leadership, his intangibles, and his his game is going to, to go into a space where he's still out there making plays. Maybe two years down the line, BK, he's not somebody that you're throwing in the slot, but he's but he's still able to help you in some form or fashion. And he's just a playmaker. Like he's going to make plays. If you let him blitz, if you just, he just finds himself around the ball. And over the next three to five years, you feel like that will work. And in this defense communication is so important, important on the back end, And he's so damn good at it. Um, I I'm with you. I think that's a guy that they need to bring back. And I think they're going to get it done. It, it seemed like there had been a transition. Well, hell yeah, now they him. are. They're now I, Pat said, Pat said, I want him here. So damn right. They're going to get it done. Did, did you hear him talk? Did you hear Tyron talk today? Yes. So we're recording this on Thursday evening. Tyron talked earlier today with the media. 
And a couple of weeks ago, he was asked about his contract and he basically gave the non-answer, the typical, thanks for asking, but I'm going to go ahead and leave that to my people answer. Today, it wasn't that. Today, it was more of a, yeah, you know, I think we're going to get something done and I, I've got good people around me and I, it, it changed the oh, way he talked BK, about the contracts said, changed. BK, he said, I can't see myself wearing another jersey. You know, uh, just being here the last couple of years, uh, I mean, I can't see me, you know, wearing any other uniform. Uh, I think the, the, the fans here are amazing. My teammates are amazing. You know, I spoke about the relationships that I have with my coaches. And you just some of these things you can't buy <laughs> other places, you know, um, and I, 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 I'm a guy that's had to start over quite often. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I would like to stay here for sure. All right. Well, he says that. And then Pat says that it's done. Garrick Dieter's ass hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> I mean, when Pat says I want it done, I get it done. G12 hasn't gone anywhere. And I've believed his bag should have been packed several years ago. But what Pat wants? Don't be mean. Don't don't be mean to don't be mean to Dieter. I'm, I'm not being GD12, mean. Baby. He's catching strays. This is unfair. I'm not <laughs> being mean. I'm being honest. I thought Garrick, there's somebody else who could do what he could do. I'm sorry. Oh. Better at a better rate. Patrick Mahomes shouted out Marcus Kemp today too. Marcus Kemp keeps finding a way. Marcus out of Kemp roster. is getting reps with the ones right now. I'm serious. <laughs> One of the things that I love doing, um, I will go through the pictures from any given day. And you, if you see the wide shots, Mark Kemp's getting run with the ones. I'm serious. He's getting rep with the ones. He's out there with Patrick Mahomes, and they don't I'm just gonna do that for no reason. They, they, they asked Pat about the third wide receiver today, and he said, you know, Tyreek, Travis, Dieter, Marcus Kemp, Pringle, Pal, he did name every wide receiver on the roster, but Marcus Kemp was pretty early in that in that list of Where wide receivers. Where was McCall? Uh, he was. I think he was in there too. Okay, I, I just missed him. But Dieter, Dieter, and Kemp were way too high on the list of wide receivers when he well, started listing you. them. You're going to see more Marcus Kemp than you're expecting this year. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but you're going to see him. I have I have one other follow up question to this uh, this Matthew conversation, Ron. Because I was thinking about this as, as we were talking about, okay, if you're going to extend Tyron Matthews, it's probably going to be a three to five year deal is probably what you're looking at. I would guess probably about a three year deal. And three maybe year, they three years that he will actually still play. I sure. Think. Who are the guys that if I said right now, five years from now, you're almost certain they're going to still be on the Chiefs along with Patrick Mahomes? Because Mahomes, there's no question. Everybody agrees he's going to be on the Chiefs five years from now. Who else do you feel that way about today? Currently on the roster, and they five years from now will also be on the roster. Well, the first name, and I'll just throw a couple out, and I'll let you jump in. The first names that come to mind is, all right, you say Pat. All right, then who's protecting him? And I think Orlando Brown. Yep. Zeus Brown will be there. Um, I think Chris Jones, who we just talked about, um, I think he's there. Um, Tyreek? Tyreek is there. God, Kelsey's a wonder. because He's got the contract. Is, his contract would keep him here. He's got the age. I, I think he is still here because I think that is a that is a Pat Mahomes want. And I and I actually think he's gonna age well. Like I, I, I think Kelsey's gonna age well. So I think he's there. He's a, he's the one of the guys that has really aged in a way I wasn't prepared for. 
he he's yeah. aged really gracefully. And at the beginning of his career, he was almost exclusively a speed and physicality guy. And now he's route running guy. And you don't see that very often yeah. in the NFL, but he's one of them that's actually done that. So I'd be, I'd be with you. I think Kelsey's going to be here five years from now as well. He'll be think, 35, 36 years old at that yeah. point. I think Juan Thornhill. He was one, one that I had a question mark about. He's one that I think will be there. Um, and I don't, I don't even want to go count the rookies yet. Uh, just not sure yet, but I, 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 I think I, you can write Creed's name in stone. Yeah. I think Creed Humphrey will be here five years from now. Yeah. They do seem to love him. Uh, they do seem to love him. Um, Sneed. I don't know yet. I know they're really high on him. Cause I was just sitting thinking about the secondary and the cornerback spot. And I'm like, I know they're really high on him. I'm not sure on that. I need to see a little bit more from him to make me think that they are going to, I mean, I, I mean, it's been as long as they've drugged their feet with Traverius Ward. I need to see, I need to see a little bit more from, from Snead. I'm not, I'm not sold there yet that he's a guy where they feel like they got to hold on to him. The one other guy that I had on my list that you didn't mention was Trey Smith. I think we'll talk about this after the break here in a minute, but I think Trey Smith's going to be here five years from now. I think the two guys that people would be surprised we didn't mention probably um, among our listeners would probably be Joe Tooney, who was their big ticket addition this offseason, and Clyde yeah. Edwards-Alaire. And I just don't know on those guys. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know either. I Like, I never want to – like, in fact, I would if, – if I had to bet, I would more bet – even a gun to my head, gun to my head, harder scroll them, the places I don't want to get shot. Um, I just can't see this organization giving a running back a second contract when they find out, like when you have Patrick Mahomes, to me, I, I never thought they were going to pay Kareem Hunt, even, even though he went and became stupid. But I never thought they were going to pay Kareem Hunt because when you have Patrick Mahomes, you got the money you're going to invest in him, like you don't need a back. That you got to cut corners somewhere. Yeah, so, somewhere. Somewhere you've got to be able to go cheap, and and running back is the easiest spot to do it. Especially if you're still yep. going to have like we've got Tyreek and Kelsey and Orlando Brown. How many high paid offensive players are you going to be able to have? You know, well, hell, Brett finds a way. So I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Brett and Andy seem to find a way. Like they got different rules on the salary cap than the rest of the league. So I don't know, but but I just I like I think. I, I can't see – I think that's the position. Like, they've made a decision. Corner, they're not going to invest highly in. And then I think running back, where I understand. you got Patrick Mahomes. There's, I mean, there's no reason. I mean, I don't care what Clyde does. That You feel like, all right, the last two times we've needed to go get running backs, we've somehow stumbled upon Kareem Hunt in the third round and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then we won the Super Bowl with who I believe actually should have been the Super Bowl MVP with Williams. Like, I mean, and we found him and from Miami. So, like, I don't think they – I don't I don't think he's going to be here, I'd say, in the next five years unless he just begs for some sort of a, a contract. And I, I, I can't see that at all. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, does it does it get old? Does it ever get old? Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Madden again. There's only been three people who have been on the cover of Madden multiple times. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and John Madden. They're the only three. And they are they are Mahomes and, and Brady are on it together. Initially, I saw, and I might make some people mad here. Initially, I saw it was going to be two goats, but uh, now I, then they made it the MVP edition. I was going to have some real issue if it was two goats. Like I love Pat Mahomes and everything, but he can't he can't be he can't be the goat. He's he, there's only one, and Tom keeps holding him. But Tom is the reason why he doesn't probably have three Super Bowls in D Ford. But Tom is the reason beat him on the road in Arrowhead, beat him in the Super Bowl last year. So he can't be the goat, but. I I I wonder does this get old for people at Kansas City? This doesn't for me because every time you see it, it just reps the city. And there is nothing better than every time you see Patrick Mahomes immediately the next move is Kansas City. When you see him on State Farm commercials with uh new Jake, who uh God, I wonder how much how much ass he's gotten since he's become the state form guy. I wonder how much extra he's gotten. That, that's that's probably needs to get cut out. But anyway, uh, but Jake from State Form, whenever you see him on the State Form commercials, or Adidas commercials, or Coors, like it immediately makes you think of Kansas City, and that's why I love it. And it will never get old for me that the had the Chiefs ever had a guy that is. Other people's best favorite player outside of the city. They ever Tony Montana? Gonzalez. Uh, really, Marcus Allen. Briefly at that, at that time, maybe not. I don't think Tony. What did did Tony move the new the needle the needle? I mean, what, Lynn Dawson way back in the day. No, Lynn's Dante right. Hall. <laughs> no, I, I mean I just don't think. Not I, like I this. think Tony might have been the the closest thing that the Chiefs had. And you know what? Actually, Der- Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas might have been that guy. I mean, you think there were people the way that I judge it, like I'm in Texas, you're in you're I'm in Houston, you're in St. Louis. Who knows where Steve lives? Um, but like I wonder are there like you just see people walking around with Mahomes jerseys. 
and I, I've been in other cities, uh, uh, in Dallas or in uh, in in uh, in Chicago, where you see people wearing Mahomes jerseys. Like, you think Derek Thomas jerseys were being worn? Not like that. Cleveland? You just don't see edge rushers have yeah, jerseys like saying. that all that often. I mean, JJ Watt kind of has a little bit of that appeal. Um, My guy. I, if you're looking for one in the last like 20 years that maybe could have had this kind, it's different because he's a quarterback. Like Patrick Mahomes is the number one on this yeah. list. Now we're trying to figure out who would be two, maybe. Maybe Priest Holmes, just because of the fantasy aspect of it. There was a little bit of that in the early 2000s. But again, we're reaching here. Like nobody yeah. has ever even been close to what Patrick Mahomes is right now. I saw there was a list that the NFLPA put out the other day of the guys in the league right now that have the greatest social media influence. So of, of all the players in the NFL, who has the, the greatest reach social media wise? And number one on that list is Tom Brady. No surprise. He's, he transcends the sport in a way that very few can. Patrick Mahomes was number two. And the rest of that top five was Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, and Rob Gronkowski. So, like, for the, the way that Rob? I was... Dude, my fiance knows who Rob Gronkowski is, and she couldn't care less about football. Gr Gronk had the still. the TV show that he was doing. What was it? Wipeout? Was he on oh, that? Was he on that? Yeah, everybody, everybody loves Gronk. That, do yeah. they? God, I just can't. Uh, he's fun. He was he was in he was a patriot in the Boston area, huge metropolitan city. Like he, people love WWE for a little bit. Yeah. I think him and Tom are the only two players in this uh, Patriots era that transcended the Patriots. Like their names were bigger than the Patriots brand, right? Because you've got a bunch of great players and Hall of Famers now that played for the Patriots over the last 20 years, but their brand, those players, was never bigger than the, the Patriots itself. And I think Brady yeah. and Gronk were the only two that really transcended that. And yeah, I think that's what's happening right now with Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes, I think there are people that are bigger Mahomes fans than they are Chiefs fans. And that's super yep. rare. Yep. No, he is. Like, for me, I'm a LeBron fan. And I think there are NFL fans that are like that. Um, and I talk to people here, and I know he's from he's from White House, Texas. But I talk to people here who they love Mahomes, right? And kids that go to school with my son, uh, they're wearing Mahomes jerseys. They love Mahomes. He's their guy. He's their favorite player. And it's not just because he he – went to high school in Texas is just that's that's the star player of the league. So Mahomes on the cover of Mad never for me doesn't get old because it just whenever you see him, that means he's generally in a Chiefs jersey and that means it's Kansas City that follows behind that. And that is hey, rep the town, baby. Rep the town and 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 like we just we just haven't had any experience. I don't even know if you could even call an athlete like that. I don't even know if George Brett pushed it that way for the Royals or, or anything like that. Different time too. Yeah. Like that's the other thing is there's just so much more reach now from an athlete than there was 35, 40 years ago because of social media, because of ESPN, 24 hour news, sports radio. Like there's just so many more places where these athletes can reach an audience that didn't exist when George Brett was in his prime. I, this may be a wild question to ask. Like, is oh, there ever God. anybody in the history of Kansas city that had as big of an audience as Patrick Mahomes is going to, like Harry S. Truman, I would say is probably going to be up there. President. <laughs> Paul yeah, I mean, Rudd. Tech, I mean, Tech Nine. No, I don't think. Paul Rudd is Ant Man. No, stop. Paul but Rudd. Paul Scott Rudd Lang goes to Mahomes and is like, hey, it's really cool to meet Patrick Mahomes. Sir, to go take a walk. Paul Rudd. 
Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. He's one of the biggest movie stars in the world. Oh, see, you are in love with Marvel and Ant-Man that touches doesn't you mean in a that way he's... that it doesn't touch others. That doesn't mean that Paul Rudd's not one of the biggest movie stars in the world. He definitely is, but I think Mahomes is bigger. Am I, am I off on that? Do you think no, my gauge is off? T- no, you're not off. Sirtis drunk. Are you kidding me? Paul Rudd? No, I think, pa- I think Paul Rudd is, is much more famous than Patrick Mahomes. You think? Yes. Pat, Paul Paul Rudd might geek out when he gets to meet Patrick Mahomes because he thinks it's cool and he's a Chiefs fan or whatever. I don't. I Paul don't Rudd is so. much more famous than Patrick no. Mahomes. Oh no, I can't agree with that. Hundred percent. Paul Rudd Mahomes. is a worldwide movie star. So this is the point of the show where we got way too deep into how big of a movie star Paul Rudd is, and I'm afraid that we got a little too far away from what you guys want in your Chiefs content. So we're going to jump ahead to the end of the show where we finish off the Chiefs conversations. If you guys want to stick around for the post-credit scene, if you will, you can hear the end of our Paul Rudd, Patrick Mahomes discussion. Lewis Riddick is going again. Lewis Riddick is going again. He is ranting and raving about this Chiefs offensive line. And I ain't going to lie to you. Whenever I hear Lewis Riddick speaking about the Chiefs, like I'm like, okay, this is a this feels like a mouthpiece to me. This feels like, all right, this is something that a narrative that the Chiefs desperately want pushed out. And there, and he's talking about offensive line play, play and how much better it's going to be. And this will be the best offensive line that Patrick Mahomes has ever played behind. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, for one. But whenever I hear Lewis Riddick speaking about the Chiefs, it makes me think, okay, this is not just Lewis Riddick's opinion. This is coming from someone inside the Chiefs. It absolutely is. It's been that way for a while. And I take what he says to the bank. And when he says um, that the Chiefs could have two rookie starters this year, I fully anticipate Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who we mentioned by name, will be starting for the Chiefs in week one. Now, Creed Humphrey, I think, was the planned starter. They came into OTAs, and he was immediately taking reps with the ones. Trey Smith, I think, is going back to what we talked about with Chris Jones, by necessity a little bit. Early on in camp, it was uh, – now you've got me all messed up with the longs. Um, it was Kyle Long It's <laughs> taking the reps with the ones at right guard. Now it's Trey Smith. And I think that's going to be the way that it is in week one whenever they play against the Browns. And I think, honestly, like – That's not surprising to me. Nothing about Lewis Riddick's first tweet today surprised me at all. The thing that I thought was really interesting was him saying to watch out for rookie fifth-round tight end Noah Gray out of Duke. They like him a lot. Now, that is out of nowhere. He mentioned Creed Humphrey. He mentioned Trey Smith. We've heard both of their names a lot. He did not talk about Nick Bolton. He talked instead about the fifth-round tight end out of Duke, Noah Gray, who people have comped not in terms of how good he's going to be, but in terms of stylistically, to Travis Kelsey. So I am very interested to see what their plan is with Noah Gray, because one of the things that the Chiefs are going to have to do this year is piece together that number two wide receiver role. The production that they would have got out of Sammy Watkins, they got to find that from multiple places. So some of that's going to come out of the running back room. Some of that's going to come from the number two tight end. Some of it's going to be an increased step up from McCole Hardman. They're going to need a lot of guys to be able to come together to piecemeal that production together. I think Noah Gray might be one of those guys that gives you 
two, 300 yards this year to be able to piecemeal some of that production together. Because when you hear Noah Gray out of nowhere, because Creed Humphrey and, and Smith, yeah, but when you hear Noah Gray, and actually I wouldn't even say just – I put Creed. Creed's a second-round pick. You could feel that he's been starting from the jump. You talk about Trey Smith and Noah Gray, that feels like that's coming from Andy. Oh, for sure. Like, I, like, that, like that feels like that's coming right from – them saying, hey, this is a guy we want to make sure people are like, this is a guy we're high on, we really like, and and we think he's going to be productive. That's that sounds like so that is telling to me because I don't when I hear Lewis Riddick say, look out, Noah Gray is somebody they that that has a chance. And I feel like I feel like Noah Gray's going to be a part of this offense in some manner. And he has some kind of role that maybe normal fifth round draft picks at tight end who who's behind the best tight end in football don't normally have. So that, 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 that is intriguing to me because that's not something that, that Lewis just pulled out of his backside. That's something that he got from somebody he got from any good God almighty. So I, so that, that, that's interesting to me that, that, that Noah Gray may be a, a, a big part of this offense. How many years did you do sports radio in KC? Five, four or five years. How many conversations do you think you had about the backup tight end on Kansas City's roster? Like 100, 200? Yeah, yeah. I, I had some real stupid ones. <laughs> too too many, right? The Blake Bell ones, yeah. I, a lot of, lot of James O'Shaughnessy fans. <laughs> like the number of conversations in Kansas City spent on the backup tight end is unbelievable. And I think we might have finally found the answer, guys. And I think that's what I'm most excited about is that we don't have to talk about it anymore, potentially. Like if Noah Gray is as good as Lewis Riddick is seemingly suggesting, and he's getting this from Andy Reid, there's there's no other question to me. I, I'm very confident that this is coming from the chief staff. If he's good, and they already believe that he's better than what they have from Nick Kaiser or Blake Bell, we're talking about a tight end, too, that they trust, that they have under contract for multiple years, that is cost-controlled, that can go out there and be a guy that they can play 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends regularly, and they can move forward with things. That is something that they have not had on this team since Demetrius Harris. And say what you will about Demetrius Harris, he certainly didn't have the best hands in the world. They trusted him, and they could utilize him, and he was a matchup issue for opposing offenses. If they finally have that again, it's going to be something that Andy Reid is excited about, and he's going to be able to utilize that in a way that a lot of other coaches couldn't. So that's that's a big thing to me. And this one is different because we we've brought we would bring up the speculation ourselves. We would bring up the Blake Bills or whatever ourselves. This is coming from Lewis Riddick, which is coming from Andy, in my opinion. This is coming from there, which screams, all right, this isn't just – host talking about or people who talk about it this is coming from the people who make the decisions on who are going to be making plays out on the field and it's it sounds like they want to use him and explore something there and you know you know as well as I do the both of you that Andy loves to entertain new things and, and make new plays and to and new sets and and try new things and maybe he feels like this combination of Noah Gray and and Kelsey as a tight end position at the tight end position could open up a brand new uh, set of plays and set of things that they can attack and beat people. So that's a difference. This is coming from Andy, in my opinion, when you hear from Lewis Riddick. Let's also be clear what it means. 
I don't think people should get wild expectations for what Noah Gray is going to do for them this year. I mean, I, I mentioned Demetrius Harris. Demetrius Harris was a legitimate matchup issue for opposing teams. And what that amounted to in his five-year career here in Kansas City was 55 receptions for 600 yards. So in five years, he basically put up an average of 150 yards per season. That, that's not a ton of production that you're expecting out of your backup tight end. I think maybe you could even expect a little bit more than that out of Noah Gray because of the lack of options around him right now at receiver. But you shouldn't go into this year thinking, hey, sweet, Noah Gray is the superstar. Now we're going to have a 500-yard backup tight end. Now, that's, that's probably not the way things are going to work. No, but it's just the thought that Andy sees this giving him more of a priority than he has others. 100%. And, and that – to me, when I hear that from Lewis Riddick, that is that is what jumps out uh, to to me on that. All right, that's uh, that's uh, showing BK on the Chiefs uh, every single Friday. Make sure you jump in, but we're not the only ones uh, in this podcast. Fierce for Arrowhead Pride, um, uh, Pete Sweeney is out here doing things as well. BK, tell them about uh, about where you can listen and how you can listen to Pete and, and the podcast every week. And real quick before we get out of here, thank you guys so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to all of our content on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. But before we get out of here, just one more time, I want to point out to you guys as listeners, that was another time a very poorly executed what we like to call a throw by Ron the Show Hughley. Yeah, Pete's doing something really cool. Each and every morning, you can listen to a quick snippet of whatever the biggest chief storylines are. Every single morning, it'll drop into your podcast feed. So make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. You will get Pete Sweeney each and every morning talking a little bit of Chiefs on your morning drive. All right, there we go. Uh, BK, it's always fun to get to uh, chop it up with you. Sort of just, just keep fighting, man. Just, just keep fighting, man. Life is, life is coming at you hard, and good thing. Do, you do I look hair, bad man. or something? Good thing you got your hair, man. You still can, you still can, can, can lay back on your hair. <laughs> BK show, sir. We are out. Patrick Mahomes has been on the most viewed television show for the past two years that everyone watches. He's been the he's been on the Super Bowl. Yeah, that everyone in America watches. Everyone in the world watches Marvel movies. Everyone in a Ant Man. That's the one they're really really. Ant Man's really popular. Ant Man's so, awesome. So are Ant Man's a great movie. It's not. It, so you're pulling. So you're going to pull from the people in China. Is that where you're adding to this? Yes. Marvel's very successful in China. It's it's the second biggest worldwide box office, as a matter of fact. For the people in Paris, is that where you're going with? I'm talking about people in Memphis, in Cleveland, (laughs) and in in Mount Pierre. Well, we're just talking in this country, then yeah, maybe it's Patrick Mahomes. I still think it's Paul Rudd in the United States, and I think it's Paul Rudd worldwide. I think I've got one that's bigger. How about, how about Walt Disney? I feel like Walt Disney is uh, is a little bigger than Mahomes. I'm going to move on to another topic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Walt damn Disney. <laughs>
Gotta be kidding me. I, it's it's the biggest movie studio in the world. A friend of mine by the name of Josh Vernier would say, are we getting serious today? Uh, I can't. We're be serious here. I, I can't wait until I get to go to that Avengers park. That looks so sweet. How about this? Awesome, oh, I'm going to go. Oh, God. Yeah, God. He's from everywhere. And say, he, maybe he's from Kansas City. So let's go with God <laughs> over them. Jeez. Walt Disney's studio is literally in Kansas City. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know that. To learn something new every day. I think it's his childhood home. I really don't like how you two are trying to clip Patrick Mahomes by the knees right here. Larry Moore might be a little bit more famous than Pat Mahomes, but 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 it's close. But no, uh, he, he listen. I, I I love it. I love it. Some people it may get old for. I'm not like every time I see him. Psh, when you see him on late night shows, when he's on Fallon or he's on everything, it's who does he play for? The Kansas City Chiefs, or as people in Kansas City, Kansas City. Chiefs, it's it's there, and and I love that. Serta, don't seriously, don't mess with me. Don't do any outtakes to make me look stupid like I'm, you did last week. I'm what just saying. I'm just saying. If we went to a random city across the country, a random rural city, Paul Rudd walked up to you. I bet that person <laughs> would know who Paul Rudd is over Patrick Mahomes. I don't think so. I, I I don't I don't think so. I think you have Paul Rudd bigger than he actually is. He's not Woody Harrelson. Is he bigger than Woody Harrelson? He's not Woody Harrelson. Right now, yes. Amongst the young so? people, yes. Yeah, young I think it would depend on the age group. But you, you just yeah, you just said some Yeah, I don't think so. I mean I mean I'm I've been sitting here thinking, is he bigger than Jason Sudeikis right now with Ted Lasso? A hundred percent. But I, I I think you're right on that. But, He's yeah, a movie star on a different level. Seen Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso yeah. is just such. It, it's got a cult following, but it's on Apple Plus. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, Sudeikis but, is famous, but Paul Rudd is is a movie star on a completely different level. He's oh, in a completely oh, I, different stratosphere than Sudeikis. I'm sorry, this is a podcast, so you can cut this out. I, I, but I I forgot what we're doing. <laughs> I need it. Hold on. What level? What level <laughs> of star do you think Paul Rudd is? Can you compare? <laughs> he's an A-lister. He's an A-lister. Compare, compare another movie star that you think he's on the same level of. Uh, virtually anyone in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. He is in a tier with all of those people because he is an A-list star, movie star, who owns his own superhero franchise. That's, in, that's low A-list. Because I'm thinking... It's not. The it's you, the top you, of the A-list. No, they're not. Like, the top of the A-list is like Brad Pitt. And and like recognizable people like that, uh, it's in- Pitt, Leo, and and guys like that. Yes, I totally agree. Robert De Niro, like at, really famous actors like that who have been doing it for a long time, been really really successful. All of the people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now, they are box office monsters. They make a billion dollars every time they make a movie. Did you know Paul Rudd only made three hundred thousand dollars for Ant Man? Except, except that's, he just told us a billion. They make a bi- no. Hold on, hold on. Mar- Marvel and Disney make a billion dollars. They generally yeah. do that with. So when they launch Marvel movies, they generally pay the actors a small amount of money to start, and then they'll give them a percentage if if it really takes off. Yeah. And they all take off because people will go see whatever Marvel puts out now because everything they put out is good. I don't know. I, 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 Paul Rudd's a star, but I feel like you just. I feel like you got him a little higher than Scarlett Johansson, a lister. Well, yeah, she's different. Yeah, she's completely different. 
She was Paul a star Rudd's, before Marvel. Paul, Paul Rudd's in the same tier. I mean, I no, I can't go with that. I, I, I can't go with it. And I like Paul. Like I, I love Anchorman. Like, he's just, I mean, he's been the star of, like, one movie. Like, the main star, like, of a movie that we give a damn about, and that's Ant-Man. Like, I feel like you got him, like, in Will Ferrell territory. Will he had a great cameo role in Captain America Civil War, had a, a second Ant-Man movie that was very successful, and had a huge role in Avengers Endgame, the number one box office film of all time. Yeah, go to hell. I'm, I'm moving on. Chris Hemsworth, by the way, his best ever role was in uh, uh, Black Hat. Highly recommend. Mm, don't know of it. He's a hacker. It it's tremendous. Michael Mann movie. I've seen it. I mean, it's pretty terrible, but I really enjoyed it. Steve? It's not bad. I've seen it. Right, I like Lewis. Cabin in the Woods. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.